welcome to a very special episode of the Erie County GOP podcast, where we discuss national, we discuss local, we discuss statewide, and discuss anything else that we think is of interest to the Erie County GOP. Uh, my name is Brodigan, and I'm joined as I am each and every week by the New York Rattlestake, Stone Cold Nick Langworthy. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Brodigan. So, it's good to be back after a, a short hiatus here. Uh, on the podcast, and uh, boy, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about, and we actually have a very special guest who managed to work us into his, his very busy uh, Hollywood schedule. So what I'm going to do, um, I'm going to let you take over from here. I'm going to sit back, listen to a little bit of The Grateful Dead. Just let me know when you need me to lock up the studio. Well, we are uh, we are joined by uh, uh, someone that you probably have seen you know, a dozen times in the last week between CNN, MSNBC, Fox. I mean, you name it. He's been there. Michael Caputo, Buffalo Zone, East Aurora Zone. I'm sorry, Michael. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you um, obviously have had quite a month, uh, and we've been trying to get this together so you could join us on the podcast. Uh, uh, and I'm glad that you made some time available. But, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, you've left the Trump campaign and left the convention, and now you're, you're out on the speaker circuit. So how's it going? Well, I, it's also important to note, Mr. Chairman, that I did uh, finish my signatures uh, during petition uh, gathering, and, uh, and so my duties as a county committeeman are also taken care of. So, well, that's fantastic. Uh, I, I, I was going to give you dispensation, but I, I'm glad I don't have to. No, not at all. I mean, I may have had to uh, jump out of the national campaign to get it done, but they're done. <laughs> our petitions do file this uh, next week um, for for our county committee members and all of our our state and local candidates. So uh, it'll be a busy time here at headquarters as always. But uh, obviously, Michael, I mean, there's so much going on here. What what the announcement that took place yesterday um, by um, you know Director Comey. Um, I, I mean, all of us were on the edge of our seats for the first you know, seven or eight minutes of this thinking, oh, my God, he's going to finally do it. He's going to indict her. And then the rug gets pulled out from under us. I mean, it's just, you know, reading, you know, Donald Trump's tweets. I mean, you know, I I think he's absolutely spot on here. The system's rigged, and there's different rules for for Clintons than there are for regular average Americans. Uh, You and I, if we pulled what, what she did, would be in jail right now. Uh, And uh, there'd be no questions asked. But um, I mean, what's your take on everything? Well, I mean, it's just you don't need to look any further than Director Comey's press conference yesterday to know why they call it justice. It's just us. That's what it's all about. There's there's a system of rules and laws that govern us. And then there's a system of rules and laws that govern the Clintons. And it's totally different uh, in both regards. Uh, Hillary Clinton, according to the director, is guilty of sin, uh, but somehow or another, he didn't find the uh, uh, the find it in himself. She needs to be brought up on charges like a regular citizen. But I got to tell you though, Nick, I, I'll tell you something. I, I predicted this was going to happen from the very beginning of this investigation. There was no way she was ever going to be indicted. No charges would ever be pressed against Hillary Clinton. And I got to tell you something. I'm really excited about it. Absolutely excited about it. Well, the, the the campaign fodder that came out of that press conference, I mean, and just to, you know, we've shared the video up on uh, the Erie County Republican Committee's Facebook page uh, that the Trump campaign put out yesterday, what, what Hillary said, and then what Comey said was reality. Um, and 
you know, she denied that any classified information, you know, was exchanged. He precisely laid out exactly how many pieces of classified information, how much top secret information, how much secret information, how much confidential information was shared in these emails. And it's damning. I mean, and that's what was just such an emotional letdown when, you know, he's laying this all out and, and, and basically, you know, calling her a criminal and then, I, you know, the trap door opens. Yeah, but see that I look at it differently. I'm really excited. I, I know I, I know that it's you know initially disappointing that Hillary Clinton didn't end up in jail like she should have, uh, but I'm excited. D- Director Comey uh, and letting her off and but uh, you know but but smacking her so many times on the way out gave us all the video we need for a series of three or four advertisements, which absolutely uh, damn her uh, campaign. Uh, I don't. I don't see how she gets elected. Also, by the way, Nick, I, I don't know about you, but I think it's easier to beat Hillary Clinton if you're Donald Trump than, let's say, Joe Biden or even uh, Bernie Sanders. If she I, has I mean, you're absolutely charged. right in that regard. I mean, if they did a presto yeah. change, Joe and Joe Biden was the nominee. I mean, this this would. Um, he does not have the same negatives that Hillary Clinton does. I mean, this would turn out to be a far different election. So, uh, in that regard, um, you know, Hillary is is the the most beatable candidate in the Democratic Party. Absolutely, she certainly is. And let me tell you something: if if I were Donald Trump, and I had an opportunity to just just coincidentally have my private plane be on the same tarmac as U.S. Attorney General Loretta Lynch's private plane, you know, as preposterous as that might seem, I might sneak, uh, if I were Donald Trump, I might sneak onto her plane and ask her, please, let Hillary Clinton walk, but have the director beat her up on her way out the door. And that's what I would have said if I hadn't been able to sneak onto the AG's plane. Of course, that kind of thing never happens. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're very optimistic. I mean, I just, I, I, like many, feel very um, dejected by just the fact that they play by different rules than the rest of us. I mean, and in hindsight, um, you know, I I guess the the press conference that Comey was going to have was only announced with maybe an hour notice. you know, so it didn't look so orchestrated that she happened to be traveling on Air Force One and happened to be uh, sitting with the President of the United States all day. Um, so, so I, I really, um, you got to, we got to shake it off and just, <clears throat> you know, we're only two weeks from Cleveland, and this this convention has to be lights out. <clears throat> so we it, we have to get the momentum back in this race. I think that Comey has given a lot to work with there. Um, we just have to have no errors. It's true, and and I'll tell you uh, the one thing that I am sorry about in this whole uh, this whole thing is uh, Petty Officer Class Christian Saucier, uh, who is facing thirty years in jail for doing about one one hundredth of what Hillary Clinton did, and she got a walk. There are people who are in jail and on their way to jail for doing less than Hillary Clinton did, and that's a fundamental disconnect of the american system it's it proves that the system is rigged it's rigged nick the system is rigged absolutely donald trump is absolutely right and not only will he be running against a wounded and bleeding and weakening candidate in hillary clinton he's running against a system which 
has proven once and for all and in a very dramatic press conference that it is rigged for the Clintons. It is rigged for the elite, and it's time to tear that down. Well, as well. I, I mean, when you when you put this as Trump has done in several occasions here, you put this in in direct comparison to the way David Petraeus, an American hero, was treated for yep. I believe less. He put he put America in less danger by you know basically having an affair and sharing some of his information with uh, with with an author. Um, he was originally charged with a felony. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Hillary Clinton, I mean, uh, watching Rudy Giuliani last night lay out the case of gross negligence and how there's right. no need for intent to be established to convict someone of gross negligence. Uh, Comey basically tried her for gross negligence in the press conference. He really did. He found her guilty. I mean, it, it's still very clear to me that he is not calling his own place there. I mean, this was orchestrated from the top. We'll never, ever know who called the play to make sure that she skated. But, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Comey was compromised here. and He uh, was. He, and and it, you don't have to look any further than the, the tarmac at, uh, I think it's Sky Harbor Airport in, in Phoenix to know that it's, it's the way it's going down. I mean, it really something is. tells me Loretta Lynch wouldn't have let Donald Trump on her plane or John McCain on her plane like she uh, she she sat and waited uh, uh, for Bill Clinton. Uh, it, it just it, it's there's and this has to be a narrative going forward in this election that there is uh, these people play by different rules in the the Clintons as always as when Bill was in the White House uh, with with the way he's uh, he's jet set across the world. Uh, and, and taking money from foreign governments while she was our Secretary of State, and now uh, with, with her in the emails. The rules don't apply to the Clintons like they apply to every other American. But you know what does apply to the Clintons, Nick? Gravity. That's a law they can't break. And the American people are, you know, look, if you look at any, even in the fix today on the Washington Post, they talked about something that's really remarkable. One, more than one quarter, one in every four Americans, when asked to come up with any phrase from the top of their head to describe Hillary Clinton, one in four Americans says they don't trust her. And the worst thing you can have as a candidate is for a national news story to break that reinforces this very high negative. So this this poll that was that was taken that shows one in four Americans unprompted thinks that she's someone they can't trust. That poll was, was taken before this terrible announcement. So now that's going to be, what, what's it going to be? One in three? Suddenly she's going to jump? Will she jump to 33%? Will one-third of America uh, say that they can't trust Hillary Clinton? That's the most beatable candidate for president, perhaps in the history, uh, and certainly in modern times. Well, I I think this has really got to play out. Trump's got to really double down on it, and this is why that fundraising really has to take off so he can help uh, put these ads up and, and play Comey's own words uh, for uh, for the American people uh, as many times as possible because Comey basically laid out the case. You know, she's a liar. So that he's convicted her of. But let's let's switch gears and let's talk about the Veep stakes because uh, I, I suspect that any day now, you know, as soon as the dust settles on this this non-indictment story, uh, we're going to have uh, Trump making an announcement for vice president probably by the end of the week, if not at the beginning of next week. Um, 
names that are being circulated right now, and, and, and they're still uh, pretty hot. Uh, Mike Pence seems to be the flavor of the weekend. Um, we have Joni Ernst, who met with Trump uh, last week. Um, Newt Gingrich, uh, Chris Christie. Uh, there's still uh, talk of Jeff Sessions and, and Bob Corker. I mean, what, what, what's your take on this right now? Well, I'll tell you, I, I, I love the way that, that Trump is playing this out on Twitter. It, it shows exactly how a modern campaign should tease out a story like this. Listen, I was director of I was Trump's director of communications at the Republican convention before I resigned, and we were always up until you know 15 days ago when I left, we were always going to uh, uh, announce the vice presidential pick at the convention because Trump and everybody around him recognized it as a very important plot point and a very important show. Uh, that was going to uh, uh, introduce Donald Trump to the American people in a way they hadn't seen him before. And now, it, just by looking at the way things are happening and the tweets out of Donald Trump and the other kind of leaks that are coming out of his camp, it does look like he's going to do it. I think, I, I thought until the announcement from Comey yesterday it would be this week, but it might be Monday, Nick, as far as I can tell, just from what makes sense as a release time. I like Pence. I mean, I'm real fond of Tom Cotton. I like Joni Ernst as well. But I think Pence, it rings all the bells for Donald Trump, and, and, and they're important ones. You know, Joni Ernst being from Iowa, uh, that's a battleground state, one that we, we really hope to win. Uh, we have to win an assortment of six or seven different battleground states so the math adds up and we can win uh, the, uh, the, the, the Electoral College. But Mike Pence, is from Indiana, and that's a must-hold state. That's a state that if we lose it, we can't win the election. Just can't. And Mike Pence also, at the same time, not only was he someone like Donald Trump talked about, he wanted to have somebody who could help him work with Congress and get his agenda passed. Mike Pence was a, a House leader on the Republican side back in the days when being a, a, a Republican leader wasn't a negative on your resume. You know, so, I mean, uh, people look back at the days when Mike Pence was was head of the Republican conference fondly. And so he would return uh, 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 to Washington uh, uh, in, in a great position to, to move the House Republicans. In addition, it can't be lost on uh, on anyone that he's the CEO of a very important company called Indiana. And, and having that chief executive experience at a state government level where he has uh, maintained a, a pretty high popularity in Indiana, uh, is, is also something that really makes Donald Trump look twice, I think. Joni Ernst, a combat veteran, what, 20-plus years in the, in the military, uh, uh, from a battleground state, state she's, she would be great. Tom Cotton, I love, he's got a great backstory, doesn't have the depth uh, of leadership, uh, he still probably needs to serve another 10 years in Congress to be looked at really seriously. I don't think Newt, Newt's going to get it. Newt would be a great chief of staff. And frankly, Boy, that uh, would be Christie, that would make for an interesting White House, <laughs> wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Um, and I think you know uh, somebody said on on I think it was uh, 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 the, the person who was opposite me on CNN yesterday um, said that if you had uh, uh, Newt and uh, Trump together on a ticket, that's six wives right there, and you know that's <laughs> that's kind of a. That's kind of a crappy crack about somebody's personal life, but it means something, you know. 
Well, I mean, when when you look at Pence, he does check a lot of boxes. I mean, Pence, Pence, uh, I I never would have uh, been in the Pence camp, but I'm warming to that greatly if if it's something that that he would actually do. He, I mean, the the other thing that people have to remember, he has to agree to basically give up his job as governor of Indiana uh, because he cannot appear on the ballot twice in the state of Indiana to do it. I mean, watching his interview after he left his meeting with the Trump family, um, it's pretty clear to me that he has he has an interest. I mean, there there was a smile on his face, and his body language uh, appeared as though he wants this job. Um, you know, he, he comes you from a strong, uh, strong with strong evangelical base uh, from an important uh, Rust Belt state in the Midwest. I mean, it's a great offset to Trump uh, being a brash northeasterner to have a. Um, an, an evangelical leader that has Washington and uh, CEO experience. I, I think Pence does accomplish a lot of things to unite the party as well uh, going forward. And let's not forget, Pence was a great messenger. I mean, he comes from the world of, uh, I believe he had a radio program before he went to Congress. Right. Um, right. And he did. has has uh, a, a great communications abilities, uh, can, can certainly speak um, to issues with a great deal of authority. I'll tell you that. Uh, speaking of the radio, I remember when uh, when he was getting ready for a radio show in Indiana, where he was going to endorse Ted Cruz. I remember the tension around the uh, Trump Tower because there are a lot of us in that tower, especially the, of the experienced team that came in later on, who looked to Pence uh, with, uh, with, uh, with you know with some fondness and with some hope that, that he wouldn't endorse Ted Cruz. Uh, and I think even then, back in those days, there was hope that he might consider being the vice presidential candidate. But, Nick, I, I, I'm real curious on your end. I know you're, you're working really hard on behalf of Donald Trump, and, and you talk to Republicans all the time who aren't so hot on him. Uh, let's say maybe not they're, never, they're not never Trumpers, but they're reticent to endorse and, and hesitant maybe even to go to the convention. Do you think a Mike Pence or a Joni Ernst, uh, that kind of an experienced Republican with a high level of, uh, uh, of popularity – do you think that would make these people look twice or maybe a second time at the Trump candidacy and get on board? I, I think um, Pence would bring a great deal of stability. And I, I, I sense that those, you know, they, they're not cheering against Trump, but they just really would be more comfortable if things were a bit more stable uh, and, right. and less flippant. And, and bringing someone with the experience level of Pence um, you know, Gingrich would probably fuel fires in the other way because even though Newt is brilliant and and that is without refute, uh, Newt is um, a little off the wall. I mean, we saw that in his own yeah. presidential campaign. He just marched to his own drummer. I mean, took days off in the middle of the campaign to go to the zoo. Um, I, I mean, he just he he marches to his own drummer. I don't know that that is the best uh, foot forward to have two you know seventy plus year old males. Uh, there that that are controversial figures. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, it's true. I, I, like the, governor, I like the stability. You know, Pence brings stability, and he brings yeah. a base of support that really is soft right now. Uh, and Trump did very well in the primary amongst evangelical voters for issues that they did not care about. Right. I mean, it, it, they right. did not vote for him because they felt he was the strong champion of evangelical values. They voted for him because they wanted some alternative. And and any any um, 
any crew support that still needs to be cemented uh, within the base of our party, I think would be solved greatly by, by the addition of Pence on the ticket. I think so, too. And, you know, they're still talking about Christie. They're still talking about Sessions. Uh, I, I view Chris about... Christie might be the emergency quarterback here. You know, if uh, right. if, if somebody of the ones that you really want, you know, either won't do it at the end or what have you. I mean, you always have Christie to go back to. Uh, but, but Christie's got, you know, he's got a lot of baggage. At day's end, it's just, it's you know, true. There's, there, there's a lot of baggage here to deal with. Well, I'll tell you, there, there's headlines today about, about uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo being involved in Bridgegate. I mean, Bridgegate hasn't gone away for Governor Christie, and it's even on WNYC today on their website. So it, right. it I mean, would and be it's revisited. going to play out during the rest of this election, and in, in, in what, what the Trump campaign doesn't need is a, is a grand distraction. I mean, if, if we look back to, to 2008, you know, with, with the addition of Palin, well, initially it was a wonderful thing for McCain because she brought such an enthusiasm and a historic nature and a vibrance uh, that was slowly torn apart by her being not ready for prime time. Uh, you know, someone like Mike Pence is ready for prime time. He really is, and I, I thought I think I we've both that. talked ourselves into the discussion. Now, all, all Mike Pence has to do is agree. <laughs> and I, I think he's already agreed. He, he did it by traveling there to begin with. He voted with his feet on this one. Um, I think if Mike Pence gets invited, he takes the job. Well, uh, we'll we'll see. Um, you, you, when do you think that announcement's coming, Michael? Um, I, I think the folks in the Trump camp would, would like to see Hillary Clinton's uh, butt drag a little bit more uh, coming out of this Comey press conference. I think announcing it on a, on Friday um, might be possible, but frankly, um, I think they want to see Hillary Clinton talked about on the morning shows and on the Sunday shows through the weekend. So maybe Monday morning, uh, if I were in the, back in the the 26th floor conference room, asking and and, and and Trump asked me what day I would announce it, I'd tell him do it Monday, do it early Monday, and and take the and it, that it frames you know, the that's whole week. committee week. Well, that's right. committee week. Remember, that's the week. You know, it all begins on Monday in Cleveland. People think the convention starts the following Monday. It doesn't. No, it, it starts it, Monday. It's, uh... Actually, uh, I, I was just on the phone this morning with our own Ralph Moore, our elections commissioner, uh, and he is the New York State designee for the Trump campaign on the Rules Committee, and uh, he'll be traveling there next week to uh, participate in those uh, those sessions. And um, you know, the the good news is, as he informs me, it doesn't seem like the Never Trump people are all that well organized. So they're uh, not. I I just received an email from them. I'm on their list. Um, and uh, uh, they've got about, uh, I don't know, uh, 35, 40 people signing the email, all delegates. But when I was over at the convention as uh, Trump's director of communications, I was sitting right there when, when, when paperwork was, was shown that uh, the cruise team was asking for a private meeting room next to the committee meeting rooms, the one that could house 50 to 100 people. Now, <laughs> why are Cruz's people asking? Are the, he's the only candidate's group that asked for that room. Now, the room was denied for obvious reasons. I think Ted Cruz is sitting in the weeds, you know, with his uh, camouflage face paint on, holding his K-bar knife in his teeth, waiting for the op- you know, opportunity to run out and, and defeat he's been rather uh, silent. Uh, Donald Trump. Yeah, he's a little too quiet. And let me tell you something. I brought this up with some Cruz people, and they're awful testy about it. Awful testy about it. 
I think everything begins Monday in this campaign and announcing, I'm sorry, in this convention and announcing the vice presidential pick before they, these guys, before Ted Cruz crawls out of the weeds with his face paint, that's, it'll basically put a stake in the heart of the dump Trump effort. And, and you're not losing a lot by announcing it just, you know, seven days or eight days ahead of when you were going to. Well, I, I just don't think in the modern era you can wait to the convention. All eyes are already on the convention. You want more eyes before the convention, and you want that campaign, that candidate to join you, and you can double your efforts, double your locations that you can hit. And, you know, they've got 15 states they've got to really focus on here from this point out. And they heavy do. emphasis on this Rust Belt. I mean, we have to win the Rust Belt this time to win this election. That's what's going to change with this map. I mean, I, I heard in your interviews this morning, you talked a bit about, you know, must-hold states like Georgia and North Carolina. But, you know, we need to expand the playing field and go into Michigan and Indiana, hold Indiana, uh, Ohio, obviously. But, but turning Michigan and Pennsylvania flips this election. It really does. And I'll tell you, um, uh, you know, we have a significant problem, uh, you and I as Trump supporters, as Republican Party stalwarts, uh, and that's John Kasich. It's a problem that the governor, the very popular governor in a battleground state where you chose to have your convention, is talking about not attending the convention, is it urging delegates to, to vote their conscience. It's a problem, Nick. My mother, I, just, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, you know, uh, it's, here's the um, thing. I, I, it's another reason to choose Pence, because he's a neighboring governor. Don't think that's a small thing. He's a neighboring governor who's very popular in western Ohio, right, Pence's. And so Pence not only is going to attend the convention, he's going to be a star of the convention. And Kasich, is, his last uh, uh, public statement was urging Republican delegates to vote their conscience. That's going to be such an old song. Uh, by the time uh, the, 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 the regular convention rolls around, that not only is Kasich going to attend the convention, I'm betting he will speak at the convention. I know that sounds like it's way out there, but I think he's going to speak. I hope so. I mean, we, um, we're on the verge of you know the American people making a decision whether or not Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump should be in the White House. I, I don't know any Republican that says, I really want Hillary. Right. right. Um, you know, they, I mean, they may you not be in love with – I mean, listen, they're, they're, it's no secret that there's, there's you know, some that are just very concerned uh, about, the, about the ticket as it's constructed. Uh, but I, I think this decision in this, this vice presidential selection helps define the rest of this race. So, right. and uh, Michael, we're, we're, we're uh, out of time, um, but you know, wrap up uh, with your final thought there. I just, I mean, just to go real back, back real quick on Kasich, uh, his participation in the convention is so important because we got to win Ohio. It's one of those battleground states. We got to win Ohio, Pennsylvania, these Rust Belt states, so important. Thanks a lot for having me on, Nick. I really No, thank you for making time. I know you've got a huge, hugely busy schedule with, uh, with all your national television commitments, and, uh, and I wish you the best. <laughs> You're doing a great job in representing Western New York very well uh, in that endeavor. So uh, I look forward to seeing you real soon. And, um, again, thanks for tuning in to the Erie County GOP podcast again this week. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week.